Well, regional banks aren't lending. And regional banks are becoming very conservative. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. And uh, say, look, I really appreciate you listening to the show. And if you're getting value from it, go on to iTunes um, and give us a rating review. That would help out a lot. And also, if there's things that you really want us to talk about, we want to serve you as listeners. We really want to make sure that we're adding value on, on a daily basis uh, to your life. So let us know. Let us know what you want us to talk about. If you want to talk about certain topics or have specific guests, we've got a Facebook page. Um, you know, go on there, make some comments and, and let us know what you want us to uh, to talk about. And, and we're, we're going to do that for you. Uh, or if you just got a specific question you want answered, right? So really appreciate that. appreciate you uh, being a loyal listener. Um, definitely, definitely am grateful for those of you who, uh, who listen, who show up and continue to listen. So today I want to actually go through what's going on. Uh, around. So I prepare my monthly newsletter. And as I prepare my monthly newsletter, I look for articles and I try to pick some relevant articles for my investors and for people who are on my newsletter. So by the way, if you want to be on my newsletter, join my newsletter, uh, just go to endurusscapital.com, E-N-D-U-R-U-S capital.com. And in there you can find uh, and click on and join uh, the newsletter. Join the newsletter and but but anyways, but so so when I when I look in, I'm looking for articles that are relevant that I think, hey, this is this is relevant to the market. I, I see what uh this article is saying. I think my investors, I think my followers would like to see this, right? And so I pick those types of articles. So as I'm looking through, I'm seeing all these articles. And I, you know, one of them says, uh the collapse in treasury bonds now ranks among the worst market crashes in history. And I think this is really telling, right? Since March 2020, uh, treasury bonds with maturities of 10 years or more have plummeted 46%. Uh, it's the worst route seen uh, since, or it's worse than the route seen uh, in 1981 when the 10 year yielded nearly 16%. So we're seeing this massive uh, spike right now in, in the 10-year. And that's driving interest rates, of course. That's driving mortgage rates. Uh, and it, it, it doesn't feel like there's a slowdown. It just keeps on going. And this is all kind of coming to a head, right? And when, when you print trillions of dollars and throw that in the economy, and, and uh, what do you expect? You expect... Yeah, but we have so much debt. We have to pay down this debt. We have um, debt coming due, so we got to sell more treasuries. And it's just the snowball effect. And of course, we've got now interest rates higher, so treasuries have to go up. It, it bonds go up, and so it's just a kind of a mess we're in. So that's one one headline, right? Uh, and this, of course, is a direct correlation to not only just the markets in general, but to real estate. And we're seeing it with real estate with cap rates. Uh, recently, I was talking to um, 
a mentee, somebody who I, I've helped out with uh, with investing and and buying properties, and they are searching the market. And one of their comparable properties recently just sold at a seven percent cap rate. Seven percent cap rate in a market that just probably a year and a half ago would have sold for a five and a half cap rate. So we're seeing this massive cap rate shift. We're seeing properties um, that just can't sell, that aren't selling, uh, devaluation, right? We had a property, it's a beautifully cash flowing property. So we're not anxious to sell it, but you know, if we got the right offer, we certainly would. Okay. So the broker gave us a valuation of 21 to $22 million. That was about two years ago, year and a half to two years ago. And now they're saying, hey, if you wanted to sell it right now, you'd sell for about 17 million. And that's a massive drop. Now, again, we're not worried about it. We're cash flowing really well. Uh, it's a property we anticipated holding for another three to five years or more, quite frankly. Uh, so it's not a worry to us, but there are other properties of ours that we really do uh, want to sell and we do or, or refinance. And these shifts in the market are, are really putting damper on things. And I'll hit on that in just a second. And they're putting a damper on a lot of people. Here's another mark, uh, um, you know, headline as I'm looking, will the housing market crash soon? Experts say that's wishful thinking. And I would agree with this. Uh, this is a whole different topic. But when you look at just single family housing, there is so much pent up demand. And there's no sellers out there. You know, you look, you, you locked in and you've got three or 4% interest rate. You don't want to be a seller right now because if you're a seller, you're a buyer. And if you're a buyer, you're getting your interest rate for what? Seven and a half, eight percent or really close to that. Do you really want to do that? And so I think a lot of people are just not, they're not sellers. They're not buyers. They're just sitting on the sidelines going, well, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait this market out because I don't want to sell. Now, eventually, if the, as interest rates kind of hold tight, uh, maybe they go down a little bit. Hopefully they go down a little bit. Maybe they even go up a little bit. But once they hold tight for an extended period of time, I'm talking a year or two years, three years, people get antsy and they eventually uh, decide they're going to sell. But that's not happening right now, not nearly as, as much as what's needed. And so we've got this kind of super tight market, this pent up demand for buyers, but no availability. And so prices are still going up, even though it feels like they should be going down because interest rates are so high. The cost of housing is crazy amount higher than it was just uh just a year and a half two years ago because of you know the the prices of interest rates so the existing home price uh just jumped year over year by about 3.9 percent that's throughout the u.s there's some markets that are weaker some markets that are stronger but uh you're still seeing it and there's no crash in my opinion uh that's at least in sight. And by the way, just so you understand, the typical real estate market, when it does see a downfall, isn't a, a, re, a great recession or a great depression type downfall, right? Your typical real estate market downfall is less than 10% uh, in, in overall price decline. So if we see a typical garden variety housing decline, which by the way, that is almost every single one other than over the last 
200 years, uh, we've had four total that have gone over 10% price declines. So it just doesn't happen very often. We probably won't see um, too much of a price decline if we see any. Uh, here's another headline. How rising interest rates affect floating rate refinances. So this is a very interesting one. And this you have to couple with what I was just talking about. And that's the effect of rising treasury yields, right? So we have the rise of treasury yields, which are putting a lot of pressure on commercial real estate. It's putting a lot of pressure on uh, the, the valuations, right? So cap rates are increasing, as I mentioned. Uh, there's really very little uh, value add, um, story, you know, as much you can't do the value add as you could previously. And, and so there's just a lot of different things going on, uh, coupled with, you know, the, the headlines about markets and, and what's going on in rental markets and across the country. And I'm happy that I'm in the Midwest. Um, I have been in the Midwest because I felt like there was a recession going to be happening. And I figured that these kind of sunbelt smile markets, you know, they would end up uh, seeing rent decreases and they would see vacancies and they would have a lot of pressure on them. Uh, and and it just didn't happen. It didn't seem like it was ever, ever going to happen and um, that I was wrong, right? And then the Midwest, I figured it would hold up really strong. Well, that's what we're finally seeing. And so you look at some of these markets and a few of them are, aren't necessarily Sunbelt markets, but Boise, Idaho actually leads the nation in rent decline 6.2% over the last year. Austin, Texas, number two, 5.6%. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, number three, 4.5%. Um, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, 4.1%. Jacksonville, Florida, 4.1%. Las Vegas, 3.8%. Uh, and the list goes on. And, and so we can look at all these markets and most of them are these markets that you've seen a ton of growth happening. You've seen rent growth through the roof, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, Las Vegas, Nevada, um, Sacramento, California, um, some of those markets saw these massive increases in rents, Austin, Texas, right? They've been actually seeing declines over the last two years. Now, this is their second year of rent declines. Uh, and, and they are rebounding back to, there's still really good rent increase if you're looking at long-term, but they're re decreasing back to kind of where they were a few years ago prior to this big, big runoff in rents. So we're seeing that play out. At the same time, what's really crazy is demand in those markets is still really strong, right? There's still people moving in, there's still great markets, all that kind of stuff is going on. But what you're seeing is massive, massive supply hitting these markets at the same time, way more than what's needed. Phoenix, Arizona, Austin, Texas, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, you know, all, all these markets on this list are seeing way, way more uh, inventory than what's needed. And they're probably going to see another year, maybe two of rent declines before they finally absorb that and start to pick up. But here's where it gets interesting. You've got raising interest rates that, and you have floating debt. So 
a lot of the new construction built is built with floating debt. They're built uh, with construction loans and they need to be refinanced after they get after they get constructed and occupied. And so then they get refinanced or sold. Um, and that maybe can't happen anymore because interest rates went from, you know, you could get a Fannie Freddie fixed rate loan for under 3%. And now you're looking at close to 7%. So 3% to 7% is a massive difference. The other thing, so beyond the new construction is all these value add. And so right now there's about a trillion dollars worth of debt coming due over the next year. That's huge. I've heard rumblings of around $10 billion worth of loans that are in trouble right now. And that estimate in some, by, by some circles is, is really small. And so we've got these troubled assets that have debt that needs to be worked out. The debt needs to be figured out. How are we going to, what are we going to do? Because the bank's going, hey, or the lender's going, hey, we're going to either foreclose on you or we need to work out a deal with you. There's some interests recently uh, that have gone both ways. So Apple's way, uh, Capital is a group that had, um, I can't recall, a couple thousand units in Houston, Texas that all got foreclosed on. Um, uh, I think it was Rockstar Capital. They had some deals that got foreclosed on. Uh, Tides Equity was in the news of they had several deals. I think it was a total of like 17 that they actually did workouts, loan workouts, modifications with the lenders to say, and the lender said, look, we, you're underwater. This is what we're going to do for you. And they're basically kicking the can down the road. In some cases, they actually modify the balances. Um, I believe it was Blackstone that tried to give, uh, and I might be saying the wrong company, but it was one of the big uh, REITs that tried to actually give the keys to the bank, said, here, take this property. We don't want it anymore. And the bank said, whoa, 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 we don't want it either. Here's what we're going to do for you. And they worked out a massive loan reduction um, for this company and said, here, you take it. So we're going to see uh, a lot of probably loan modification and workouts with lenders, and we're going to see some defaults uh, as well. I think this is all coming to a head in early part of 2024, um, coming to a head basically right now all the way through probably mid to end even of 2024. And a lot of it depends what goes on here in the future and, and how flexible can these lenders be. Uh, but that's going to be really interesting. What happens with all this floating rate debt that needs to be refinanced? Will it get worked out? Will it all flood the market? How does that, how does that look? Um, coupled with that, We've got a record collapse of regional banks lending in commercial real estate. We've got a 900 basis point drop from the first quarter of how much they're lending. Uh, local banks or regional banks only account for 25% of all no commercial real estate. That's compared to 34% that they uh, had just a short couple quarters ago, so or a quarter ago, sorry. Uh, it's a big difference. And so regional banks aren't lending. 
and regional banks are becoming very conservative. Uh, so that also coupled with you know what we what I previously covered is is putting a lot of pressure on things. Um, I've already mentioned this, but here's another one. Mortgage rates climbed fastest since June. Well, that's affecting commercial real estate, right? Expect home sales to sag. It's also affecting single families. So we already hit on single families. We already hit on commercial real estate. But as these rates go up, man, we got some problems, right? When is that going to stop? Another headline talks about the Fed stopping, pausing, and we're expecting that to actually have a cooling effect eventually on interest rates. Well, we've actually seen the opposite. The Fed stopped on their Fed fund rate, but the treasury yields have skyrocketed, right? Um, hopefully they come back down to earth and we have kind of this cooling period, but uh, that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, chapter 11 filings by businesses soar 61% so far this year. Um, that's a, that's a big issue, right? We businesses aren't able to pay their debt because their debts have gone up significantly. Most businesses, uh, you know, they've, they've got some sort of debt on it and a lot of them have debt that's floating rate. And so as the debt markets go up, their payments go up and, uh, of course, they've got a lot of expenses that are happening, payrolls uh, specifically. So we've got some issues going on there. Last one I want to point out is that the jobs market, well, the jobs report looked really good, right? Uh, Joe Biden says, hey, it's awesome. Look at all these jobs uh, that came out, 339,000. Isn't that amazing? Uh, well, here's the deal. Yeah, 339,000 new jobs, but vast majority of those jobs are part-time. And that's not a great thing, right? That's not a great thing that we've got all these part-time jobs and very few full-time jobs. In fact, we're losing full-time jobs, um, not gaining. And so that's not a great thing. We're also anywhere we're, when we're gaining jobs, we're gaining them mostly in the government sector. That's not a great thing either. The government is who is continuing to employ people in healthcare, right? Um, so I, I would say that is also a, a negative when we look at who's hiring. It's not necessarily independent companies that are hiring, it's the government that's hiring. Um, so what does all this mean? Lots of kind of maybe doom and gloom, and I try not to be a doom and gloom person, uh, but I also try to say reality, right? And so reality is we've got a lot of issues. We've got a potential recession coming. Uh, we've got all the makings of a recession. We've got uh, our debt market, some, kind of some black swan things going on. I mean, you, if you purchased a property a few years ago, your interest rate was was amazing, uh, but most of the debt out there was floating rate. Uh, maybe you had a rate cap on it, but that's probably coming due. And the rate cap cost you maybe $50,000. That same rate cap is going to cost you a million dollars today uh, to cap your rate. So there's, there's issues that are coming to a head. What does that mean? That means to me, there are opportunities that are also coming to a head. And so buckle your seatbelts. If you're in these deals as a passive investor, if you're in these deals as an active investor, 
look, work your butt off. If you have to go through a loan modification, make sure you're communicating with your lender way, way ahead of time. Do what you can. Um, if you have to do a capital call, you're going to have to do a capital call, but only do it if you truly believe in the project and you believe that everything will work out positive, right? Don't just do it just to do it and then lose more investors' money. That makes no sense. If you're a passive investor, look, understand the deals you're in and, and the risks that are involved. Hopefully you understood that from the start, but if you didn't understand it now and understand the risks involved, um, and and see if there's kind of what your uh, sponsor's doing. See see what they're doing to work things out. Try to figure out where the their financial uh, well being is. Uh, look, we've got some properties that are in an amazing position. We've also got some properties uh, that we do have floating rate debt, and we do have to uh, tighten our tighten our belts uh, quite a bit here. So. Understand as a passive investor that some deals uh, need some help and understand though that there are other deals that will be coming to the market that will be exciting and will be great opportunities for you to invest in. So, so I think be ready for those new deals to hit the market. I would say for the vast majority uh, right now, they haven't really hit the market, but I think they they will. I don't again, I don't want to call this a 2008 like opportunity again, but I do think there's going to be some good deals. So be on the lookout for that. And as an active investor, again, be on the lookout for that. Be talking with brokers, be hustling, be working hard, be underwriting every single deal, get provide feedback, be super conservative. Look, we're we're looking for great locations, we're looking for current cash flow, and we're looking for good debt. We don't want floating rate uh debt right now because there's too much instability in the market. And I think there's just too much risk if you're gonna get a floating rate debt. Uh, it could work out, by the way, it could work out very, very well for you because you're getting high interest rates now and the the hope is that interest rates will be much lower in you know three years, but I think you're putting unnecessary risk onto your investors at this point in time. Easy in hindsight to say you shouldn't have done that over the last couple of years, right? But I think right now the writing's on the wall. Just just be more cautious. Get fixed rate debt, uh, lock it in, and and you'll be good. Especially if you can have that good cash flow, good location, you're okay. Continue to look, continue to be ready for opportunity and grow your, grow your database, grow your market, marketing and, uh, and meet new investors as a passive investor. Um, again, just, just be out there and be ready and be looking and be meeting new companies and new people, uh, to potentially invest with as an operator on current deals. If you need to talk with your lender, make sure you do it right now. Uh, make sure you're talking with your property management companies. Make sure you are doing everything you can to raise rents and keep in expenses in check. We have had uh, interest rates go through the roof, crazy through the roof. We have changed insurance companies in many instances and saved a significant amount of money. Um, insurance rates are still going up, whether you change companies or not, but sometimes it's changing that provider that's going to make a big difference. Don't go with cheaper insurance just to get cheaper insurance. Make sure it's still good insurance. 
we also have hired somebody to look at our our property taxes and you know those bills are going up significantly and so if we can have them look at that and say no 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 we could cut this down they're going to come in and they're going to fight for us and cut our property tax taxes down significantly and so we've saved hundreds of thousands of dollars on properties just by having somebody look at our property taxes and to fight those on our behalf and save us a significant amount of money. Same thing with payroll. Cut the fat if you can. Add technology in if you can. Uh, and, and make sure you're just being just being smart about what you're doing to the property and, and how you're treating that property. So uh, the other thing we're really doing on our properties is so we've got, we've got a couple different things happening in one one of our markets, one of our properties, it makes a lot of sense to continue the renovations. We're getting good rents. Uh, we're seeing a, a sizable difference between a non-renovated unit and a renovated unit. So we're continuing to do that. We're getting our return on investment. In another property, we're actually seeing that we can raise rent significantly by doing almost nothing to them. Right, we might have to do a little bit of paint, uh, just a light unit turn. I, I'm talking like a thousand to two thousand dollars, and we can see significant increase in rents. Whereas we do this full renovation instead of spending, you know, thousand, two thousand dollars on a turn, we're spending twenty thousand dollars, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on the full renovation. We're actually seeing very small gap in what we can get for the cheaply renovated unit, the, the turn to the fully renovated unit. And so why would we spend that money? So we have basically shut off renovations at that property. The only time we'll renovate is if a unit is absolutely in shambles and we have to renovate because we're not seeing that significant rent bump. So make sure you're paying attention to your market and to what's going on and to what your opportunity is. Don't spend money where you don't need to spend money. So a lot said there, a lot of, a lot of stuff's going on at the headlines. I'm not a big news person. So typically the only time I see headlines is when I'm like researching on my own markets and what's going on in the economy that affects me and affects uh, real estate in general. But, and headlines can be scary sometimes and they can, they can uh, contradict each other too. It's funny because you can look at one and the other and you can see totally different things, but you got to be there with reality, understand what's going on in the market and understand where the opportunities could be in the future. So pay attention to the market, pay attention to what's going on. It's going to be an interesting time. It's always interesting times, by the way. It's always, there's always changes happening. What's happening today is not going to be what's happening a year from now or even six months from now. So it's always going to be evolving and changing and just understand uh, what's happening in the markets. And look, if you're in some of these markets that I mentioned earlier, the Sunbelt markets and in these smile states and the rents are going down by 5%, uh, I still think there's deals in those markets, right? I still think it's great, even though rents are, are go falling quickly. Uh, you got to underwrite for it. You got to understand that that might happen for another year or two. And so your first couple of years, it's going to be declining rents. Uh, but after that, we should see stabilization and we should, should see increase and there's still good markets that have a lot of high demand to them. It's just going to take a little while and it might be a little longer time frame than uh, what you're used to, right? So many people were buying properties and they were selling them within uh, a, a year or two years, 
you know, that type of thing. And they're just flipping them, right? Uh, some very successful flipping companies. They're going to have to, if they want to be success successful, they're going to have to become long-term companies where they buy and they hold, and they might be five, seven, 10 years uh, before they sell. So uh, they might have to uh, adjust their expectations. Otherwise, they're just it's just not going to work well for them. So that's it. That's all I got. Uh, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day a Saturday. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.